0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. In the calendar, it's Resurrection Sunday. But I'm not ignorant. Just like Christmas, I know December 25th is not the day that Jesus was born, but it's the day that we commemorate and we I live thinking about it all the time. but not all, And not everybody does. So we also want to take advantage, right? And release the word. I don't believe in celebrating Jesus once a year. I don't. I celebrate Jesus every day. But I also don't want to shame. I'm, I mean, I want to call people to wake up. And be like, hey, do you love once a year? Do you love your mom only on Mother's Day? Because if you love your mom just on Mother's Day, if you're only buying your mom flowers on Mother's Day... I will tell you to your face. You know what? Wake up. Your mom is needing your love a little bit more than just on Mother's Day. Your mom needs a hug more. Mother's Day is just one day. She needs a word of encouragement way outside Mother's Day. She needs your hugs. She needs your kisses. She needs a card to say, Mom, you know what? I love you. We're getting older. And as you get older... You start losing people. And then you look back and you have regrets. Why didn't I take time, right? And there's no shame. We learn. And we learn. I've learned to to love as much as I can every day. I don't live seeking love. I live giving love. Because the love that I was seeking I found. Or it found me. And now I give from that love. so I know that everything I do in love, I get back. I express my heart. I don't love with the fear of oh, I don't want to get hurt." "Hey, if you hurt me, we'll we just have to restore it. If you turn against me, then we'll have to go through a season of restoration and redemption, which the goal here will always be, can we restore this? We're going to restore this. We're going to heal this because that's what Jesus is. He came to restore. He came to heal. If you're loving your dad just on Father's Day or just on his birthday, I'm telling you, you're missing out. You're missing out in knowing him. Yeah, he wasn't the perfect dad. Anybody says I had the perfect dad, you're lying. None of us did. None of us had the perfect mom. None of us had the perfect friends. None of us had the perfect church. You're not the perfect person. God is, and He teaches us, and it's okay. It's okay that our parents, I don't even know why I'm going this route, but I'm following the Spirit. It's okay that they had struggles. They didn't know everything. Maybe they had you too young, or maybe too old, or maybe they had to work and couldn't be there, but ask God to give you eyes to see at least the work they did. They must have done something right, and try to redeem those times. Try to enjoy those times because... As you get older, you just start seeing people going away. If you have old pastors, you never said thank you, go back and say thank you. You'll be surprised. You don't know how many times they were praying for you when you were little. If you have an old Sunday school teacher, hey, say, you know what? I know more of Jesus, but I know it's because you were sowing seeds in my life when I was a kid. I'm telling you. Go back to your old pastor and be like, you know what? Maybe at one point in your life you didn't understand, but thank you for all those times you preached. Thank you for all those times you studied and prepared yourself. Maybe at one point in life we we ended up in, in a disagreement. But what about all the times before the disagreement? Before those people went wrong on you or they betrayed you? Were there good moments before that? Think about that. Sometimes the enemy blinds us in this one situation that we forget all the other good times. And and again, God, I'm I'm just going, I'm just following this. God had to remind me of even relationships that broke in the past or pastors or churches. And God said, you forgot about the good times. You forgot about the times that those same leaders were the ones that taught you how to pray. You forgot when they put you in the basement and were teaching you how to fast. You forgot about that pastor that put you in the attic at 13 years old. And you fasted for three days without eating, right? But it wasn't punishment. I wanted to go because I thought if I fast, I encounter God. And he goes, you forgot about the pastor that she used to teach us. And you forgot this song and that song and that song. And then I'm like weeping. And I'm crying. And you know what happened? One youth that I was the, his leader turned against me years later because people were talking about me. You know, if you, if you open your ears to gossip, You're getting poisoned. Gossip is poison and you think, oh, no, I can listen to this gossip. It's not going to affect me. Watch you turn against the very person they spoke to you bad about because you allow them to sow an evil seed. And when gossip is not of God, gossip brings destruction and division and puts bitterness against people. And you start believing lies about people that never did anything against you. So you have to be careful. But that kid came against me because other people were gossiping. And he never stopped it. That same kid wrote to me yesterday. He goes, I'm still allowing people to gossip around me. I was like, dude, you haven't learned? Fix it. I got to go. I'm like, I ain't even talking about the gossip. I'm like, fix it. And this is how you fix it. We're not talking about that. Exercise authority. I'm not entertaining this right now. You want to talk to me about this person? Let me call them real quick. Let's talk together. If it's of God, that person will be like, yeah, let's talk because I want this restored. I want this redeemed. If it's gossip, they're going to be like, no, I don't want to talk to that person. I don't want to talk in front of that person. Okay, then stop it. Repent. You need to, and it's not judgment. It's repent because that's not God. It's not God. It's not what God wants from his kids. It brings division. How you think heaven got divided? Gossip. Slander. Oh, I think I'm better than God is what the devil said. And some silly angels, I wonder who they were, believed it and followed it and fell. No, 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 no. I'm like, oh, no. No. No, that's my brother. That's my father. That's my mother. That's my pastor. If they're doing something wrong, let's get together and let's confront it in love and let's heal it. Let's restore it and let's see growth happen. Let's not divide. Let's heal. We have a gift of healing. That's what healing. Healing is not just for the sick physically. Healing is for the sick spiritually. Healing is for division and destruction in the churches. By his stripes, we are healed. And it's not just physical, it's emotional, it's spiritual, it's financial, it's relational, healing. That kid wrote to me and he, he's like, I want to, years ago he goes, I want to repent. Because when people gossiped about you, I listened and then I turned against you. And I was like, I forgive you. And I really genuinely, I was like, I forgive you. I love you, dude. And then after we hung up, God spoke to me. And God said, you did the same thing. I was like, what? He goes, when you were 16 years old, you turned against your youth leader. I was like, what? He was like, people started gossiping about him. And the very guy that took you into the basement And that he used to teach you how to pray. And he opened the doors of his house. Somebody spoke a lie to you about them. And you turned against them. And you walked away from their life. And you never reached out. Man, I started crying. And God said, I want you to reach out to him. I want you to look up. You look him up. Find him. And apologize. Apologize. And it was crazy because for years he was praying that that day would happen. He was like, I always loved you. I always knew God was going to do great things with you. And even though you went your own way, never told me why, I was like, eh. So sometimes we think we're innocent, but we don't know what we've done because we tend to forget. We don't forget what people have done to us, but we all do it. We all forget what we did to people. But none of us are victims. We all got hurt, but we also hurt. Because hurt people, hurt people is a chain reaction. But that's why Jesus came. So heal people can heal people. He's, he was healed. So he took the, the stripes on his back so we could discover healing. And then he goes, now go. Go into the world. Go into the world and heal people. Tell people that there is a hope. Tell people there is salvation. Oh, I know. I know you're in the club. I know you got a drinking habit. I know you got a pornography habit. I know you got a this habit or that habit. I know you got all these issues. Let me tell you what he did with me. This is really evangelism right here. This is it. You go you see somebody depressed. Hey, I know you're depressed. Let's go out for coffee. Why you want to talk? Because I know where you're at. I was depressed. Hey, I know you're suicidal. Let's hang out. Let's talk. Let me tell you. Let me tell you my story of how I was suicidal. Let me tell you my story of how I was broken. And all of a sudden, your pain becomes beautiful. Let me tell you how I was abused. I know. I know the people that are abused. And and I don't know that they're abused. I could be walking down the street and God goes, hey. Tell them the story of how you were abused, because God's gonna lead you exactly to the people that were going, that are going through exactly what you went through. It's 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 like this connection that you don't even know is just like tell them. And I've learned this through the years, because God's like tell this person, and then they start crying like, oh my God, I was abused too. I needed to hear these words. Then a while later, I have another experience, and then all of a sudden, all these people will say the same thing, I was abused too, and you're tell- and God was like. Every time you feel it, share it because they're going through it. And then all of a sudden I just started seeing my shame, my pain, my sorrow turn into healing and restoration and destiny and purpose. And so you too, you have a story that you could share. It could be insecurity. It could be the loss of a loved one. It could be so many things, whatever you've gone through. The loss of a child. It's going to bring so much hope to another mom, maybe being hurt in the church. There's so many people that have been hurt, and you have that beautiful story of, like, even when you got hurt, how the Lord's still lifting you up and raising you up. Maybe you were pushed away, but there's other people out there that were pushed away, and now your story brings life to them. That's what the gospel is simply about. Jesus comes. He takes humanity to completely understand us. The perfect one becomes imperfect. He becomes in this fragile body, goes through human things, gets tempted with everything because that's what scripture says. So if there's somebody that understands your temptations, that understands what you go through is the Lord. It's the Lord. He knows you. He knows every single one of us and he he's compassionate. He's like, I know. I know you can't pay for this. I know you can't make a way out of your own mess. I know, but I came, I paid the price. And uh, I wanted to read uh, Isaiah 53. And I know everybody usually goes to John and reads, you know, like the crucifixion scenery today. I, you already know it. Who here doesn't know about Jesus Christ dying on the cross? Oh, right? I think you all know it, right? He died on the cross today's resurrection day, which means that the third day he came out of the grave. He's alive! He's alive! He's alive forevermore! You know? We've seen all the plays. Like, we already know. Like, we already know the physical side of it, right? And you know me? I'm always speaking about the upside-down kingdom. I'm always speaking about the going up in the rabbit hole. and or, Well, I should say coming out of the rabbit hole, because I think this is a rabbit hole. And we come out and we just see everything from a heavenly perspective so I really want to show um, this this resurrection power this crucifixion this dying on the cross how, well, how does that look like in the spirit realm you know that the scripture says that before the foundations of the earth he had already been slain and how th- this what we saw here on earth is the physical the metaphor happening. But it happened eternally already. It happened before it happened on Earth. When you go to the book of, check this out. Give me one second. Is that it drops in my spirit? Then I look it. I'm like, okay, this is it right here. But I'm going back to Genesis, chapter 3. I'm not going to read the whole story because you know the story too, right? Adam and Eve talk to a serpent. I totally believe animals talk in heaven. Can't wait because I have a lot of questions. <laughs> to ask Peanut, my dog. <laughs> like, Peanut, let's talk. <laughs> um... So it says, and then the man and his wife... I'm going to go a little bit lower, because I'm not going to... I'm trying to find the scripture here. So we know the story. Adam and Eve eat of the apple, or eat not an apple, a fruit. Let's stop blaming apples. Apples are like, why you keep blaming us? We didn't do nothing. Um. They eat of the fruit, their eyes are open to the knowledge of good and evil. Which in reality, they already knew good. Because everything in the garden was good. So they got exposed to evil. They didn't get exposed to good and evil. They already knew good. From the very beginning, and God made the earth, and it was good. And God made the heavens, and it was good. And God made the animals, and it was good. And on the sixth day, God made man, and it was very good. So they already knew good. Everything around them was good. So when they get deceived, it wasn't to know good and evil. It was to know evil because they knew the good. They already knew good. This round, we get both. We get good and evil, right? We we, we see the good and we see the evil, It's, like, all compiled together. And I'm like, can we separate this already? I'm like, Lord, come on, let's go. Like, I need to be out of here. But then they saw that they saw that they were naked, and they hid. And then last uh, Friday, you were singing, who told you you were naked? And I had, like, an amazing revelation. I was like, (gasps) were they even naked in the first place? You know, like, I'm like... I had a vision of, like, a prince and a princess, right, with their gowns and the little leaves. And I'm like, oh, my God, no way. Because God was, you know, when a little kid gets hurt and they go to mom, they go, mom, they told me in school that I'm ugly. Or they told me I'm not good enough. And then the mom goes, who told you you're ugly? Who told you you're not good enough? And all of a sudden, I heard Jesus' tone go, who told you you were naked? Why are you believing a lie that you're naked? Think about that. God provided everything good and left them naked. He clothed them. Even before they left the garden, he clothed them. And you know how he clothed them? He took a lamb and sacrificed a lamb. And clothed them with the lamb. But Jesus is the lamb of God that takes the sins of the world away. So, even at that moment, they were already clothed. There was already a shedding of blood of an innocent lamb. So, from the very beginning, from the very beginning, it was already determined. It happened in the garden. And then they stepped out of... Th- For me, the garden is a different dimension. That's why everybody's looking on earth. Like, where's Eden? And nobody could find it. I I think it's a spiritual place. I think it was a spiritual place and then they stepped out into physical realm. Like, you know, like those sci-fi Marvel movies? That they go from one dimension. That's how I see it. I'm not saying this is the truth. I'm just saying this is my perception. You could take it or leave it. It's just the way that I visualize. Because I've seen portals. So I feel like they were in the garden and then then they were outside the garden and that's why the sword was there with two angels like they can't go back in there that's why everybody's looking like where's this garden where is this tree of life and nobody can find it i think it's still the spirit earth right like it's still together like you know how we're physical and spirit i think at that moment they became like physical that's what i think but anyways but they got clothed so the very since the beginning there was already a lamb that was slain for Adam. And then thousands and thousands of years later, it manifests in this world, like Jesus on the cross dying for us. Because he already, he's like, uh, what parent, when a, for parents, right? If you're a parent and your child left your home, first of all, your moms are crying, right? Like when their kids leave home, they're crying. If their kids are running away, they're crying. No parent wants their child To leave home. Even when they get married, they're boohooing, Like, oh my God, they're leaving. So why would God, if God's love is greater than any parent's love, why would God be glad that there's kids left? Why would God be glad that the kids disobeyed? No, he's like, I'm going to make, my kids are leaving, but I'm going to make a way back home. The fact that God didn't let them go naked. God could have been like, be gone, go naked. No, he's like a good dad. Like, he will you're going to leave home or at least take your clothes with you take your garments from the very beginning all they did was blame God sometimes we read the Bible with the connotation that God is evil no man is wicked God is good and everything God does is good we've been reading the perspective of the rebellious child looking at the rebellious child as a victim but God was the victim God was the one that made everything beautiful and still got left and still got betrayed. You ever had a teenager wanting to do whatever they want? I'm a pastor. I've had people come in here thinking they're going to do whatever they want. And I'm like, no, you're not. You want to do whatever you want? There's the door. If you're not going to respect this house, there's the door. We are a family, and this family will be respected. And they leave, and they'll go speak bad about me because I didn't let them do whatever they want to hear. So sometimes we're believing the wrong testimony. We're believing the lie, right? Like the testimony, how the, I believed the lie about that youth pastor when I was a teenager. Well, many times we've read the Bible and heard preachers speak of a God that was evil, a God that was ready to destroy, when God is a God that is ready to heal. He's a God that's ready to restore and heal, redeem, not destroy, but restore. So we read it like, "Oh, God must be so mean; He kicked them out of the garden." And da da da. And that's not what He was doing. There was a curse. If you do this, there's a curse. If you rob a bank, I love you. We could pray. But if you go rob a bank right now, you go in a jail. And if you come tell me you got a million dollars, I'm reporting you myself. I am. I love you, but there's laws and consequences to your actions. So there were consequences, God told them from the beginning, if you eat of that tree, you will surely die. If you stick your finger in that socket, I love you, we in church, but if you stick your finger in the socket, you're going to die. And then you still go touch it. And now you're blaming me? You got the warning from the very beginning. So this whole time as believers, we've been believing God is mean and God cursed them. No, the curse, the warning sign was there. Don't touch it. I'm going to touch it. Zap, poof. Now you're in a different dimension, hurting and broken. Everything is completely the opposite. Adam, Adam, look, all the trees grow fruit. But if you eat of that fruit, if you eat of that fruit, you're going into a dimension where fruit doesn't grow by itself. You got to work the land. Women, were going to be popping babies like, bloop, like chickens, just babies popping up. There was no pain. I wonder how that would have been like. That would have been so interesting, right? All right, here comes another one. Burp. <laughs> it's in the scripture, but the pains were intensified. So now women give birth. It's a beautiful gift, but you suffer for it. Everything that's good, we suffer for it. You want ministry to be successful you suffer. You want to experience the glory of God you suffer. You want to build a business you suffer. You want to have a family you suffer. Everything in this world is like that. There's a a price to be paid. But in the garden where God made everything beautiful it was available. Your heart's desires all there. But the warning was given. But we thought that God oh he's cursing. No, God is blessing. He called them blessed from the very beginning. From the very beginning, he called it good and he called it blessed. So anyways, the whole dynamic transformed because of of disobedience. But he still made the way. He still sacrificed the perfect lamb of God that takes the sins of the world away. Thousands of years later, we have Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. Still dying. For the children, still making a way back home. Generations, even today, thousands and thousands of years later, are still, they're still away. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, but whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We all have been led astray. And this is Jesus, the King Jesus, the royalty, the most powerful one, comes to what I call the portal of physical realm. And it says, and the servant grew up before God. This is Isaiah 53. A scrawny seedling. A scrubby plant in a parched field. See, and, and I, even as I read that, I see a desert. And I see this one little tree growing in the middle of this desert. But as he grows, I see him extending his branches, right? And then all of a sudden, because of the shade, the whole area is able to produce grass. Is able to produce flowers because of his own fruit. He becomes this tree taking the heat. There's one tree growing in the middle of the desert, taking the heat, taking the fire. So the little ones can grow. So the little ones can have shade. That's why it says, uh, under the shadow of the Almighty. With his wings, he covers us. With his feather, he comforts us. That's what he does. He makes a way where you think you can't grow. He's just expanding himself and giving you shade and giving you rest. Come to me, all of you who are heavy burdened and tired, and I will give you rest. He's just extending his mighty arm so we can all just like... He became scrawny so he could understand the scrawny. He became weak so he could understand the weak. Because he saw us. He's like, I'll become like them and I will, I will overcome all of their weaknesses. I will overcome all of their, their failures and redeem them. That's why when Paul said, oh, I have a demon that comes and buffets me. I have this thorn in my flesh. And I tell the Lord, take it away. And the Lord says, my grace is enough. In your weakness, I am made strong. And that's the answer of God for every single one of us. In our weaknesses, he is made strong. In the things that we don't understand, he's glorified. And he pulls us up with this glory. He doesn't just be like, oh, you're weak and I am exalted and glorified. No, he exalts us. To exalt means to lift up. He sees you weak and he lifts you up. There was nothing attractive about him, nothing to cause us to take a second look. That's what they said. Who? Nothing good can come out of uh, Israel. What, what's going to come out of them? Nothing good. They saw a weak people, a broken people, and then Jesus is there. And they couldn't even identify the king. They kept thinking that God was going to come in a chariot, a mighty warrior with swords flying out his mouth, thousands of warriors chasing after him to destroy mankind. And then a humble carpenter, Stone stonemason, comes along healing and restoring the opposite kingdom. I'm telling you, we, we're like, oh, he's going to come to destroy. He's like, I'm coming to redeem Oh, he's coming with a voice of thunder, and he comes with a voice of honey. He comes to destroy the weak. No, he came to restore and lift up the weak. The kings of this earth push away the broken people. The kings of this world take advantage of the little people. Live off the taxes of the little people. That's how the kings of this world work. They live in mansions. While the people are in the ghettos and homeless and starving and hungry. But the king of glory came feeding the hungry. He came healing the sick. He came raising the dead. Opening graves and la- let there be life. Let there be life. Let there be healing. Let there be restoration. Let there be redemption. That is the God that I serve. I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save the world that in me all would be saved. I don't don't even want one to perish. He's so good that even the worst person, he doesn't want them to perish. God doesn't want the most wicked, evil person to perish. We will look at the most evil, wicked person and be like, destroy them. Condemn them. That's what happened with Barabbas, Barabbas. Jesus took his place. He was the worst. That society couldn't stand them. And Jesus says, I'll save you too. Jesus didn't die for like a holy virgin. He died for a criminal. The very first person, he's like, no, I'm taking this cross. And he's here to take your cross. He's here to take your shame. He's here to take your depression. He's here to take your suicide. He's here to take your insecurity. He's here to take your uncertainty. He's here to take your unworthiness, your ugliness, your desperation, your brokenness, and your mess. And make it into something beautiful and glorious because it's Him. Because it's what he does. Because everything he does is good. In the beginning, the world was chaotic and dark. And yet the Spirit of God was moving upon the waters. And until this day, the Spirit of God is still moving upon us. And even until this day, he he is taking chaotic things, broken things, dark things. And he's making them beautiful things, healed things, beautiful things. He's still God. The heavens and the earth shall pass away, but the word of God, Jesus himself will remain forever. And every word that comes out of his mouth in its time and in its season, it will bear much fruit. We look down on him, thought he was scum. We look down on him and look how it says we. This word comes from spirit realm. This word Is an eternal testimony. We were already there. When Isaiah saw this, we were there. And we're all speaking. Because we saw him. I saw Jesus. And I couldn't believe that Jesus could love me. Jesus was telling me that he loved me. But I was believing the lies of people. So I did think that what he said was scum. He said, I'm going to do this with you, but I believe the lies of the people. And I chose to walk in my worthlessness longer because I couldn't believe the truth. And every single one of us has heard the truth of God. And at one point or another not been able to receive it. It must be a lie. And when the truth is speaking to you truth and you think that truth is a lie, you're treating that truth like scum. Because you don't believe it. Most humans hear about Jesus and they're like, "Eh, he's not good, he hates us. Even people in the streets are taking his word because they've been lied to, but they're eating the scum instead of eating the truth. No, he loves you. You've been lied to, he loves you. You know how many people in the street have told me, no, he hates me. No, there's no hate in God. But they've been brainwashed. They've heard so many lies for so long is this on for so long that they can't believe it so you treat it like scum you treat it like garbage like it's not real when you think something's a lie it's garbage to you it can't be a lie and be beautiful only the truth is beautiful so we have to get to a place that we know he speaks truth he told me abraham i am the truth And I only speak the truth. You see, I used to read the Bible and think the Bible was a metaphor. I thought the parables were metaphors because that's what the religious told me. So it didn't make sense. But when he said, listen, the kingdom of heaven is like a king. And he's prepared a wedding for his son. And he's sending out invitations to his people so they would come. And I'm like, "Oh, oh my God, I understand now. Can I give out invitations? (laughs) Every time I go to the streets, people are like, but you're not growing your church? Oh, I'm growing the kingdom. I don't need to grow this place to grow the kingdom. When I go to the streets, I'm like, hey, at the end of this life, there's a wedding. And you're supposed to be the bride. And Jesus is the prince. And he died for you. He laid down his life for his bride. Come on, you've been watching fairy tales your whole life? You all, all come on, we all love as little kids. we all had this desire of like true love, right? Whether you're a boy or a girl, you saw those movies, we were all crying like, oh my God, The prince loves the princess. We all did it. Show of hands. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> we all did. We all believed that even as children, The prince always saves the princess. The prince will fight the dragon and slay the dragon to save his bride. Okay, go back to your Bible. Go to Song of Solomon. Go to the book of Revelation. Read your Bible and you're going to be like, oh, the prince, there is a wedding. There is a feast. I don't know about you, but I got my invitation right here. I was like, yes, Lord, I will come. He's like, let the spirit and the bride say, come. I'm, like, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I know you're coming for me, but I'm coming. We're going to meet halfway because I'm going to run to him and he's going to run to me. Because that's what he did. He says, draw near to me and I draw near to you. It's not one direction or I'm going to wait for the Lord to come. No, he came. He already came. Now it's our turn to run after him, run towards him. He has his arms extended wide open. Whoever's willing, come. If you're hungry, come. Are you thirsty? Come. You see, it's an invitation. He's still, he's, he's at the door. That's why the veil, when he died on the cross, he died like this. The veil is the doors of heaven opening up because he died. Now we live. Now we, he came out of heaven so we could Enter. He came out of glory so we could enter glory. He's opening the dimension again so we can go back into eternal realm. I don't know about you. I don't know if people believe me. I don't care. I'm going. I'm going. My whole desire is to jump through that painting one day and be like, my body might drop dead, but my spirit will remain alive forever with my new glorified body. I believe it. And he's wooing us in one by one into this beautiful realm. One look at him and people turned away. We looked down at him. thought he was scum. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried. See, in the natural realm, we see that cross. But in the spirit realm... It was all our pains. So he was walking down the street. And he was like, give me. I know Santa Claus comes to give you gifts. Jesus came to take your pain away. He's taking it. He's just taking it. He's taking your sin. He's taking your shame. He's taking your disease. He's taking your brokenness, your doubt, your confusion, your uncertainty. I got it. I'm going to hang in front of this. It's not going to kill you. It's going to kill me. But I have... I have living power. I have living power, restoration power, resurrection power. I could come back from the grave. It takes a holy pure sacrifice to come back from the grave. I don't know if you've ever seen Narnia, uh, the part one with the 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 lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. I hope you know Jesus is the lion, by the way. If you didn't know, surprise. (laughs) Go read your Bible. But it says when the lion comes back and the altar's broken in half, right? And the girl, the little girls are like, how, uh, Lucy and Susan are like, uh, what happened? He's like, look what's written. It was already written that it took a pure sacrifice, a holy sacrifice, to make death go backwards. So death thought he was like killing the Lord, and then it was like, back off. Death touching Jesus unleashes ultimate power. Boom death where's your sting. And there, I, could, I, see, I don't see happy Jesus there. Because you don't look at the dragon with a smile on his face. You don't go with it like a little fairy, like, oh, little dragon. Magic, magic. No. There, with us, he's tender father. But let us, if somebody messes with your kids, what you gonna do? Right? If I'm with my family and somebody comes attacking my family, you're gonna see a warrior. Even though I'm a believer, you're gonna see me go Crazy. So imagine the dragon, the lying serpent, coming against God's kids. And now he's like face to face. Give me those keys. Give me back that authority. You, you took advantage of my kids. You deceived my kids. Give me that. He goes right into the lair of the enemy. He goes into the pit of hell. I, I, see, I don't see him prancing like a ballerina. I see ultimate, powerful like super saiyan Jesus walking in there like charged up, blasting demons left and right, releasing the gates of hell. Get out. All the captives, get out. That's why he came to set the captives free. That's what he does. He took the power of death. He took the power of sin. He took the power of hell. There is no authority. Where's your sting? They came with their weapons. It's like bing. Where's your sting? Where's your authority? No, you have no power, grave. You have no power, death. So we cannot allow death. We cannot allow grave. We cannot allow fear to come against us. For greater is he that it's in us than he that's in the world because of his sacrifice, because of what he did for us. Our disfigurements all the things wrong with us he took it upon himself we thought he brought it on himself that God was punishing him for his own failures that's what we thought you see they taught us that oh God left Jesus in the garden no he didn't I will never leave you nor forsake you how can God leave himself he was created for that moment He had to take the sins of the world. Sometimes we believe lies that are not true. This is scripture. That we thought he brought it on himself. That God was punishing him for his own failures. No, he was taking our punishment. He got in the way. He's like, you're not going to hit him. You're not going to kill him. Hit me kill me but he knew the power that was in him restoration power resurrection power but it was for our sins that he did that to him that ripped and tore and crushed him our sins it was our sins that ripped them apart it was our sins that crushed. it wasn't god it was sin it was a whole army of demons raging against us and he got in the way accusation lust addictions all coming and he got in the way and they they chopped them up if you saw this in the spirit you would see he got in the middle of the battlefield and took all the hits protected every single one of us because he knew that when his blood came out when his blood would be released from that vessel might would be unleashed everywhere And not just on people. The blood, where did the blood fall? Right into the ground. Earth itself was redeemed. The curse had to go backwards. Because when man failed, earth was cursed. But when Jesus died, earth was redeemed as well. He died for the earth. He died for his creation. He took the punishment that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. We are all like sheep who wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way. And God has piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong on him. Everything. Everything you've done wrong is piled on him. So stop trying to carry it. Stop trying to carry that old chain. It's not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord those sins, he became that. He took it and absorbed it. He just like morphed it into himself. He was beaten. He was tortured, but he didn't say a word. I don't think he said a word because he's the word. If he said one word, he would have smited them all right there. And he needed them to come against him. He needed everything to happen the way that he's like. You know, he speaks one word and becomes... All he had to do was release one word, and it would happen. He could have been like, be gone. And all of them would have disappeared. Be vanquished. Erased. And they'll start over. And it would have started over. He has the power to start over. He refuses. He's like, no, these are my kids. He could have been like, we're done with humanity. But he loves humanity. Even when we cannot understand Humanity. He was beaten, he was tortured, but he didn't say the word. Like a lamb taken to be slaughtered and like a sheep to be sheared. He took it all in silence. Justice miscarried and he was left off. And did anyone really know what was happening? Something greater was happening. He died without a thought of his, for his own welfare, beaten bloody for the sins of my people. Because this is what real love does. It's something that we still don't understand, the magnitude of this great love. They buried him with the wicked, threw him in a grave with a rich man, even though he never hurt a soul or said one word that wasn't true. Still, it was God. It's what God had in mind all along. To see him crushed with pain. The plan was that he give himself as an offering for sin. So that he'd see life come from it. Life, life and more life. And God's plan will deeply prosper through him. Out of that terrible travail of soul. He'll see that it's worth it and be glad he did it. Every time God looks at you, he's glad he did it. You know, I'm not worthy of it. He's he's glad he did it. He's glad he did it, and you should be glad he did it. Because he did it, you have access to eternal glory realms. Through what he experienced, my righteous one, my servant will make many righteous ones. That's you. You are a righteous one. You see that you're worthy? You see how much worth you have? Because he saw you. As he himself carries the burden of their sins, you don't need to carry it. He's carrying it for you. It's a heavy load for you. He's like, I got it. Come on. Let's go. Just follow. Trust him. Therefore, I'll reward him extravagantly. The best of everything. Jesus gets the best of everything. He gets you. You are his inheritance. You are the reward of the Lord. He's going to always be with his people. Oh, my God. the highest honors because he looked death in the face and didn't flinch because he embraced the company of the lowest he took on his shoulders the sin of the many he took up the cause of all the black sheep he took your cause, my cause I was a black sheep but now I'm a white sheep he's redeemed me he's cleansed me He's restored me and he's restored you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.